Good. Happy New Year. Did you have a good one? Ooh, mm, mm. Maybe some did, maybe some didn't. Great to see you. My name's Gareth, part of the team here. And if you're listening um, online at some point this week or watching online, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're excited to kick off this um, new year together. Um, how are you feeling about 2019? Excited? Nervous? Anxious? Really excited. David's excited. He's looking forward to the adventure here. Looking forward to some new challenges, some new adventures. And um, we are excited here as a leadership, um, but we are aware that there are some challenges. There are some challenges ahead. Um, But as someone who's been here for almost 10 years, one of the things I do know is that, that the Lord is with us and he is good. The Lord is with us, and he is good. And, um, you know, our prayer is that together we'll continue to discern the Lord's purposes and the Lord's plans as we seek to follow him and fulfill his vision for us here at Trinity. don't know if you've made any New Year's resolutions. Anyone decided to eat more healthier? <laughs> Just Mary. That's a lie. Anyone else made a decision, a New Year's resolution to eat more healthy? No, everyone, uh, the rest of us just want to get fat and die quick. Is that it? <laughs> Come on. Um, so, I, yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Come on, Lord, I'm ready for you. Take me. No. And um, I forgot what I was going to say. There we go. If you, ha- if you haven't made any New Year's resolutions, can I encourage you to make one? And that is to step into what God is doing. Step into what you see God is doing. If you're a part of this church family here at Trinity, um, step into what God has got purposed and planned for us here. Don't miss out. In fact, to miss out on what we see God doing is actually what the enemy wants us to do. The enemy wants our purpose to be dismissive or to not see or to be ignorant or to be blinded by what God is doing. When you see what God is doing, can I encourage you, church? Step into it. Step into what you see God doing. And if you're not part of this church family, you're visiting us and you go to another church, can I encourage you as well in the church that you regularly attend and that you're a part of? Seek to step into what you see God is doing. You know, make this year a year of adventure, of stepping into the good things that God has got for us in his presence. Amen? As we begin um, the year, um, we're kicking off um, our teaching series, reflecting on our vision as a church family. Andrew um, alluded to it a few minutes ago on the, the, the brief presentation about where we're at as a church, that we're a church that are seeking to be all in with God, all in with each other, all in for the rest of the world. And I wonder... I wonder where you are on the all-in scale. If, if there was a scale of 1 to 10, if 1 was kind of not active and 10 was fully active, where would you be on the 1 to 10 scale? You know, would you be right up there? Come on, yeah, I'm in there, woohoo! I'm a 10! All my time, all my talents, all my treasures, I'm there in. Or are you um, sitting on the fence, getting splinters on your butt? I wonder where you are. 
Where are you? Well, over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at our vision and thinking through together how we might together step into God's vision here. And I want to be encouraging you over the next couple of weeks to be praying as we go through our prayer and fasting days um, on these Thursdays in your own devotional time, whether it's on, on the Thursday or not or in the, on the, or in the midweek, to be asking God, what does he want you to do here at Trinity? How does he want you to step into your calling here at Trinity? Because we all want to find our place in God's vision, don't we? We all want to find our place in God's kingdom, don't we? We all want to serve him faithfully with our lives, don't we? Isn't that what it means to be a Christian? Isn't that what it means to be a follower of Jesus? What's God's purpose for your life here at Trinity, if Trinity is your church home? If it's not your church home, the church home that you go to, what is God's purpose and God's plan for you in the church family that you are a part of? What does God want you to do? If you've got a Bible, I want to encourage you to um, open it up to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians Five, Because we want to know what God wants us to do, don't we? We want to know what God's personal call on our lives is. What's God calling you to? What does he want us to do? Well, when Paul writes to this young church in Ephesus, he gives them some wise instructions. And towards the end of his letter, he begins to kind of like ramp up in his um, sort of closing words, chapters 5 and 6. And he gives them these words in Ephesians 5, verse 15, is where we're going to start. The words will appear on the screen. But I want to encourage you, get your own Bible out, turn it on, um, because I want to encourage you to highlight some words, if I may. If you've, um, um, if you've got one of these Bibles, um, it's really good um, to write in it to underline stuff, to write in the margins. You know, this is, this is a tool for life, right? This is God's word. We need to dig into God's word. We need to soak ourselves in God's word. And he says this in terms of living in the Spirit's power. Ephesians 5, verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I wonder if those verses might be your spiritual mantra for 2019. I wonder if you might print these off and stick them in your office kind of corner or, or, or on your desk or write it on a mirror um, where you, or stick it on a mirror on a post-it pad um, where you shave or clean your teeth um, on a daily basis, hopefully, anyway. But these words of uh, the Apostle Paul. And I want to encourage you, highlight that word careful. Paul says... Be careful how you live. Paul, doesn't, Paul wants us to be full of care 
in how we live our lives, not care less. Because that's the opposite of being careful, isn't it? Care less. He says, because God doesn't want us to be careless about our lives. He doesn't want us to breeze through our lives, just let life happen to us. He doesn't want us to drift through life. He doesn't want life just to kind of go on and then as life kind of goes on for us to be saying, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. God does want you to know what what he wants you to be doing with your life and in this church family, if you're a part of this church. He says, be thoughtful, be wise, know what God wants you to do. And Paul says this, um, verse 16, make the most of every opportunity. I wonder if you can say that about your life. I know I can't yet say that about my life. I know I'm not making, making the most of every opportunity. But as I start this year, I want to commit to making the most of every opportunity to serve the Lord. I wonder what the question, I wonder if you, you get up in the morning and ask yourselves any questions. One of the questions that um, I think it's helpful to ask at the beginning of the day, the beginning of the day is this. God, what do you want me to do today? God, what do you want me to do today? That's a, 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 a prayer of surrender, isn't it? Make the most of every opportunity. I don't know if you've, uh, anyone, if you've seen the, the, the film that had Robin Williams in, Dead Poets Society. And there's this incredible scene where he's, he's, a, he's, a, um, he's a, a school teacher and he's um, really trying to encourage um, his 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 pupils in literature, and he takes them to this, um, to this wall of previous students that have been in the school, and he gets them to gather in at these, these pictures of these, these students, and he gets them to look on the wall, and he gets them to lean in, and he says to the boys, can you hear them, boys? Can you hear them, boys? Boys, can you hear what they're saying to you? Sounds a bit weird, because on the film, it sounds like he's, it's like a ghost speaking. He goes, carpe diem. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The Apostle Paul said it. Make the most of every opportunity. Are we doing that in the life of this church? Are you doing that in the life of this church? And then Paul goes on in verse 17, and he says, Try to understand what the Lord wants you to, to do. That's why Paul is saying... Be careful. Be careful. Try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Because if we don't understand what the Lord wants us to do, guess what? We'll start to understand what other people want us to do. We might start to understand what the enemy may want us to do and fall into the enemy's traps. Do we understand what the Lord wants us to do? That can be one of the most important questions we might ask ourselves. Lord, what do you want me to do? How many of you, I wonder, would say, I'd like to know what the Lord wants me to do? Anyone want to know what the Lord wants them to do? I imagine most of us really do want to know what the Lord wants us to do if you're a follower of, a follower of Jesus. And, if, and if, um, if that's you, then I want to encourage you over these next couple of weeks, as um, we're hearing from God's word as we're hearing um, God's word spoken and taught to us over the next three, four weeks. We look at, look at 
our place and God's call for us as a church in his vision, I want to encourage us to be praying throughout the week, praying throughout the week, and listening to the Lord, asking God, God, what do you want me to do within this? With what I'm hearing from Andrew, with what I'm hearing from Tim, from Gareth, from others, what, do you, what's, what is the specific call that you want me to do? Because if, if you're a part of this church, God wants you to pay your part in the life of this church. And I just want to kind of summarize in essence, give a bit of an overview of what I think God wants. What does God want? In a nutshell, God wants this. Our whole life. Our whole life. Everything. All in. He wants our whole life. He doesn't want part of it. He wants all of it. And I think, if we're to understand um, kind of the context of how God wants us to be in his vision here at Trinity, Romans 6.13 is another great verse to have as a mantra for this year. Romans 6.13, Paul says this again. Give yourselves completely. Under, underline that word, completely. Give yourselves completely to God since you've been given new life. I mean, who gave you the new life? Use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Underline that word whole. Give yourselves completely your whole. Everything about you. I wonder if that's true for you. That you've given your life completely to God. And you continue to give your life completely to God. You know, when I first um, became a follower of Jesus back in 1983 as a young boy, I didn't think that I'd arrived. When I said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, it's whilst I accepted him as my Lord and Savior, I've been on a journey of continually surrendering the things in my life to his Lordship. I suspect you're the same. Lordship is a daily surrender to God. And I'm really sorry to have to tell you this rather earth-shattering truth, but there's no verse in the Bible where God says you can be a Christian and do what you want with your life. There isn't one verse that says you can be a Christian a follower of Jesus, and do what you want with your life. It's just not there. Because God doesn't want 10%, doesn't want 50%, doesn't want 90%. He wants all of your life. He wants all of my life. He wants all of it, all in. Now, I think quite often we kind of carve up our life and we kind of think of our life a little bit like a pie. Anyone like pie? Well, this is not the kind of apple pie or the you know, cheesecake pie kind of type thing. But if you were to think of the pie of your life, we kind of carve it up into different segments and we think, well, um, my career life, well, there's probably about 40% 
of my life that is made up of my career. And then I think of my social life. Well, that's 20%. For some of you a little bit younger, the percentage will probably shift a little bit. You know, your social life might be more 40% and your career life might be 20%, whatever it is. And then we've got our love life or our married life. And that might take up 30%. And we've got our sex life. That's 5%. Or maybe if you're very, very actively married, it might be a little bit more than 5%, 20%, 30%. Who knows? And then we've got our retirement life, our 2%, where we're planning for the, that kind of, well, Mike's young and he's just newly married, so it's probably, who knows? And then we have, move on quickly, then we have our spiritual life, and it's like 3%. It's the time that we give to God on a Sunday, and maybe in a life group, if we're a part of a life group and our prayer life and our devotional life, it takes about 3%. And God's like a piece of the pie. Here's the thing. God doesn't want to be a piece of the pie. God wants the pie. God wants your pie. Everything. He wants it all. And God isn't shy about it. C.S. Lewis, familiar writer to many of us, wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, once said this, the only thing Christianity cannot be is moderately important. The only thing that Christianity cannot be is moderately important. Because if it's true, if this book is really true, it demands everything. Everything that we are. If the account of the life and the ministry of Jesus is true, then it demands everything. It demands all of us, all in for his purposes and his plans. It can't be moderately important. It the Bible, God cannot be an appendage. God cannot be what I do on Sundays or maybe at you know, 7.30 in the morning when I spend some time with him um, before I go off to work. He cannot be a kind of like bit on the side. He has to be everything because that's what he demands of us. Don't believe me? Read the book. Our whole life. And Jesus knew all too well what it meant to be all in. He went to the cross, right? For you. He knew what it was like to be all in. When Jesus um, was on a mountain and he had people around him listening at his feet in the Sermon on the Mount. He said this in Matthew 6. He said, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Write down cannot or highlight cannot in that Bible verse. Or just highlight the whole verse. Jesus doesn't say you shouldn't. He doesn't say you should not. He says you definitively cannot serve God and money. It's an impossibility. You can't have two number one priorities in your life. It's impossible. You know, I'm going to live for God, plus I'm going to have the goal in my life, the one goal in my life of getting rich. And by the way, there are a lot of other things besides money that push God out of first place. It might be our career that becomes first place. 
TV can push God out. If you're obsessed with box sets and this, that, and the other, when maybe you could be spending some time with others, with God in a community of faith, in, in prayer, whatever. You know, another relationship can push God out. Boyfriend, girlfriend can push God out, push God off the throne. Sport can push God out of first place in your life. Hobbies, making money, planning for retirement, travel, university, even your family can possibly push God out of first place in your life. If we're to find our place in God's vision here at Trinity, this is the issue. The question is about what's going to be number one in your life. What's going to be number one in your life? Is the number one goal in your life to build your career? Is the number one goal in your life at the moment to get, get, get a girlfriend and get married? Is it to raise your family? Is the number one goal of your life to maintain you know, health and well-being? Is the number one goal in your life to work toward retirement? There's nothing wrong with those things, by the way. They're all good, and God blesses them. In fact, God approves of them. He just says they better not be number one in your life. Anything other than God that becomes number one in our lives... The Bible says becomes an idol. And idols are nothings. That's what the word idol in the Hebrew means. It means nothings. They're nothings. They can't deliver on anything. They can't do anything. You can't achieve anything in worshiping an idol. Anything that takes the place of God in our life is an idol. And scripture is very clear. You'll have no other gods, no other idols before me. God wants to be number one in your life. Perhaps the most important question you can ask yourself this year is, is God number one? Is God number one? And only you can answer that question. In Luke chapter 9, don't turn it, I'm just going to refer to it. Jesus was talking to a man and he was in a conversation and Jesus said, follow me. And the man said, okay, I'll follow you, but Lord, let me first go and do some other things. Let me go and bury my father, let me go and say goodbye to my family I was thinking about that phrase, Lord, let me first. Let me first. I mean, that's a contradiction, isn't it? Lord, let me first. You can't call Jesus Lord and say, me first. I want to do this. I want to do that. Who's going to be first in your life, God or you? Or God and, or somebody else? I wonder if you've ever or whether you are putting things before God in your life. It's a challenge for all of us. It's a challenge for me, you know. There, 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 are, there are things, there are, there are heart's desires, there are, there are ambitions, there are desires that I have to ensure that I'm surrendering those things to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And that they're not things that I want or I seek, but actually it's His will and it's His purpose and his plans. And one of the challenges as we continue to go through life is continue to follow the call of God on our life. Sometimes that changes in different seasons and at different times. God's call on our life, um, you know, here or somewhere else. And the important thing is that we go when the Lord calls, that we follow his voice. What is the Lord saying to you about your part in the life of this church? 
Because when we say me first, God's not number one in our life. Here's the amazing truth that we discover in God's word. That when we put God first in our life, he takes care of everything else. When we put God in our life first, he takes care of everything else. The work, the relationships, the finances, the health, all those other things. In fact, God promises over and over and again that when we say that he is first, he will be with us. And he will bring about those promises because all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Right to the proverb says this, in everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. Jesus himself said this, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and He will give you everything you need. You can't seek the kingdom of God if you're not putting the king first. You have to seek the king to seek his kingdom. You know, we are a church. We are a family that believe passionately in seeking first the kingdom of God in this town, in this region, in this nation and beyond. And seeking God's kingdom as a church means that we are putting the king, the lordship of Jesus first and paramount in our vision. That's why we are all in for God first. You know, he is our anchor. He is our north. He is where we're going. He is where we're following. It's all about God. Is your life all about God. Is he first? Well, assuming that he is, and we want to serve him here at Trinity, because we want to be careful how we live, don't we? That's what Paul says. We want to make the most of every opportunity, understanding what God wants us to do, and we want to give ourselves completely to God using our whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. That's me paraphrasing Ephesians 5, if you didn't pick that up. But we want to do it empowered by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by God's presence at work in us. You know, Jesus did nothing without the presence of God's Holy Spirit at work in him. You know, his dynamic, dynamite power, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's why Jesus could do what he did. And that's why we know that we can do the same things that God wants in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So how might you fit into God's vision here if that's what you want to do? If you want to make the most of every opportunity, if you're part of this church family here at Trinity, how might you find your place? Well, we're going to be exploring that over the next few days. But I just want to mention one tool. It's a familiar tool. We've um, mentioned it here um, a number of times before, but um, I just just want to bring it back um, to our attention again because it it might be helpful if you kind of like think about this tool um, over the next couple of weeks and pray through some of the attributes of this tool. Rick Warren, who pastors one of the largest churches in America, Saddleback Community Church in in, um, Southern California, um, developed this um, acronym that they use to help people in their church step into the ministries that God's called them into. It's called SHAPE. Hudson, I wonder if we could put it up. Simple word, SHAPE. And each one of those words um, um, 
looks at a different attribute that helps us to grow in our understanding, but also about how we might bring our particular attributes, your unique attributes, your uh, unique characteristics, the unique way that God has made you in the call that he's, that, that he's given you to serve the life of this church. And so it's good to think about shape. I mean, it's the new year, isn't it? I'm thinking about my shape. I need to lose another half a stone. That's what Christmas did to me. It's good to think about shape. I want to encourage you this week. Perhaps the shape makes up five letters. Maybe midweek, every day this week, pray and ask the Lord how he might want your shape to fit into the life here at Trinity. First um, letter, S, stands for supernatural gifts. I'll just touch on them very briefly. Um, there's loads of places you can go and get, get this stuff um, on the internet. But, you know, the Bible teaches that there are many things that happen to us when we become followers of Jesus and we submit to him as Lord and Savior. And one of the things that happens is that we receive spiritual gifts. If you do not know what your spiritual gifts are and you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you um, to ask people, you know, often people can see the spiritual gifts in us that other, people's, other people don't. I, re- I truly believe that one of the gifts of leadership is, to, is, is, that, is the ability to see the spiritual gifts, the untapped potential in people's lives, the spiritual gifts that, got the, the, that there are in the life of the church. If you're not someone um, who's read 1 Corinthians 12, if you put up the other um, scriptures, Hudson, take a picture of this if you want to, Romans um, 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and then there's a whole lot of other, other passages. That, and, and it's not an ex- exhaustive list of spiritual gifts, but I want to encourage you to think about what are the spiritual gifts that God has given you? And how might you use your spiritual gifts in the life of this church? How might you use? You know, I put up the verse 1, 1 Peter 4.10 um, because I think it's important to remember that, that, that God does equip his church. The challenge is that so many of us don't realize that God has equipped us. God has equipped you. Do you know that? He always equips those he calls. If God's called you to be a part of this church family, if God's called you um, to follow him, he will equip you for the purposes of living out your life for him in the life of this church, in the love of God, to the glory and for the name of Jesus. What are the gifts that God has given you and how might you best use them to build his church? To build his church. H stands for heart. What are the, or you, we, we might um, change that for passion, but spape doesn't work as the same word as shape, does it? So, you know, what, what are your passions? You know, there are certain things that get me really fi- fired up. What are some of the things that, that get you Fired up. I know there are, there are a number in the life of this church that are really passionate about seeing transformation where, where particularly people are being um, vulnerable, people are being exploited, particularly women, particularly um, children. If you're passionate about that, how might you, you, how might you um, bring that passion into the life and the ministry of some of our mercy ministries here in the life of Trinity? Go and speak to David about that. Explore that with him. You know, to, for, for me, some of my passions in the ministry and the power of the Spirit, you know, one, one of the privileges I have here in, in this church is overseeing Alpha. It's, it really is a privilege. I love leading Alpha, but it's one of the things that makes me come alive as a, as a, as a leader and as a follower of Jesus because I know it's part of God's call. It's, the, one of the way, it's one of the passions that I have. One of the passions I have is seeing people come to faith in Jesus. 
So it makes sense for me to be a part of Alpha in some particular way. Another thing that I love doing is, is, is seeing um, people just encounter God the Holy Spirit. That's why, you know, Zoe and I, we're both passionate about the ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit. It's why we're, we're going to be doing the teaching and training on naturally supernatural in a couple of weeks. You know, we're, we're, all we're trying to do is, is just give the things that we're passionate about and bring those things that we're passionate about into the life of this church. What are the things that you're passionate about? A is for ability. What are the natural abilities that God has given you? You know, you have certain abilities. You've probably got five, six, seven, hundreds of abilities how might you bring your mental and emotional and, and intellectual abilities that God has given to you to the life of this church? Might be creative abilities. Well, perhaps get involved in some of the creative worship or the, the media team or, the, or the, you know, be involved in the cameras. Be involved, you know, chat to Jamie if, you've, if, you, if you want to be um, part of the, the production team in some particular way. How might you serve? Do you know, there are lots of places that people can serve in the life of this church. And can I say, as one of the leaders of, of the church here, I don't think we're being bowled over by lots of people offering to serve. I might be wrong. I might be, have missed a meeting. That sometimes happens. But I don't think we are. So how might you play your part in the life of this church in bringing your skills? How might you use your abilities for God's glory? P is for personality. You know, we all have um, different um, kinds of personalities. I'm married to someone that's, that's trained in sort of Myers-Briggs training and coaching. And, you know, Zoe, my wife, often says to me, um, you know, you're, you're, you're exercising a little bit too much of your J today. Well, just in case you, you think, you know, that's good, it's not good. To have too much J is not a good thing. And it's one of the things that I'm working on. The team here will tell you um, very well that I'm trying to work it. But some of us are extroverts. Some of us are introverts. And, you know, some of us can bring those particular personalities to the life and the ministry of this church. And we want to help you. And, you know, there's all kinds of tools that you can go to. Spiritual gifts questionnaires and tools for, for training that we, that we can explore over the coming weeks and months. But however God has wired you and your particular personality, we want you to step into it and bring it as part of the shaping of this family as we move forward. And the E stands for experiences. You know, we all have all kinds of different experiences. You know, whether you're from rural Cotswolds or whether you're from urban London, you know, whatever our experiences have been growing up, however we've been nurtured, however we've been um, schooled or educated or, um, or the experiences of, of, of the families that we've, we've got, some of them are, are, are good and positive and, and have been fruitful places. Some of them have been hard and tough. I, want to, I, I really believe that, you know, through the hard times, God is often refining us when we're pressing into him. And, and often we can use the difficult things that we've been through to bless other people. You know, many of you know um, my story that 17 years ago I, was, um, I was, um, had, had a first marriage and that ended in divorce. I can't tell you the number of people that over the last 17 plus years I've had conversations with, I've prayed with, I've talked with that have been through very painful marriage breakup and I've been able to kind of like help them navigate some of the pain of that. I've tried to use my experience to help other people to bring glory to God. How might you bring your experiences to bring glory to God? 
The bottom line is this, and I'm coming into land, that you were made by God to make a difference. And if you're here and you consider Trinity to be your church, it starts here. Playing your part in the life of this church, bringing your talents, bringing your abilities, yes, bringing your finances, you know, the, the, what God has given you to, to give back to him in the life of this church for the mission and ministry of his kingdom here, yes. But it's not to be wasted. Your life is not to be wasted. You know, your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. And your God is too good to waste your life on meaningless things. Now, I was um, reading. I, one of the things I've started to do this year is um, go through um, a little bit of a study book um, with Simon Ponsonby, um, which I'm loving. And um, it's a, a study book on the book of Romans. And at the beginning of, of the book, um, Simon Ponsonby writes about the Apostle Paul. And he says this about the Apostle Paul. Paul was undoubtedly an intellectual giant, tutored under the famed Jewish lawyer Gamaliel. Fluent in Latin, Greek, and Hebrew with a mastery of logic and language, he authored half the New Testament epistles. Paul was a member of the most elite and most devout sect within Judaism, the Pharisees. He was a passionate man before his conversion, zealously opposing Christianity, and then after his conversion, zealously promoting Christ. He was an influential man. His presence and his preaching won converts and caused riots, and he upset both Jewish and Roman authorities. He was also a people's person, at ease debating with rabbis in Jerusalem, with scholars in Athens, and with washermen, washerwomen at the river bank. There might be men as well, who knows? Jailers in prison, governors and kings, and he was a courageous man, one who endured rejection, derision, suffering, torture, and ultimately beheading, all because of his desire to live for and promote Jesus. All because of his desire to live for and to promote Jesus. I wonder if that might be said of us here at Trinity. That we do what we do because we have totally thrown ourselves in, all in, to the purposes and plans for God. To promote Jesus. That's why this church exists. That's why all churches exist. That's why we're here. To promote the name of Jesus. And to see his name glorified all across this nation and beyond. Amen? Let's stand. you're new and you're visiting, don't worry that I've just put water on the carpet. I do that all the time. Usually it's wine. If you're new and you're visiting us, I want to encourage you to um, just be still. We seek to give space in our gatherings to be open to the Holy Spirit's ministry it's the Spirit's ministry. That's what we're about. Seeking to listen to what the Holy... I wonder what the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you about this evening.
may not have been in anything that I've said, but my prayer is that he has been speaking. What has the Holy Spirit been speaking to you about this evening? What is God prompting in you this evening? I wonder where you are on the spiritual journey. I wonder where you are in the journey of commitment to this church family. Where you are on that all-in scale, one to ten. The beginning of a new year is always a good time to make some new decisions, to make some new commitments. I wonder what the Lord might be prompting in you this evening. So as we're standing in prayerfulness, can I just invite us to close our eyes? And if you want, I want to encourage you to hold out your hands because I'm going to pray for the gift of God's Holy Spirit on us as a church. And I want to encourage you, if you want more of God this evening, hold out your hands to receive all that he wants to give to you tonight. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that you ascended so that your Holy Spirit would descend on your church to do even greater things. And so, Father, I ask that you'd send your Holy Spirit down upon this church. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. And I want to invite you to pray a simple prayer for yourself. And that is, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with the presence of Jesus? Holy Spirit, come. Welcome your presence. Just encourage you as we're standing, as we're waiting. Tell the Holy Spirit he's welcome. He's welcome in your life. Just increase your presence, Holy Spirit. Increase your presence. Let it come. Let it come. Upon the balconies, Lord. Your spirit come. Your spirit fall. Holy Spirit come. Down on the ground, Holy Spirit come. Fill your church. Set us on fire, Lord. I encourage you just keep engaging with the Lord. A few moments, I just want to invite people to the front who would like prayer. And we do that as part of our worship here, as part of our gathering.
It's not a tag on. Ministry of the Spirit is probably one of the most important things that we've ever done in the life of this church. It's one of the things that has, I think, built this church, that commitment to the ministry of the Spirit. So in a minute, I'm just going to speak out a few things. And if you know they resonate to you, I want you to say yes in your heart. If you're here tonight and you know you need more of God in your life, say yes to him. You know you need more of God in your life, say yes to him. someone here tonight you know you've been a part of this church family for a little bit might only have been a couple of weeks months but you know that you've not you've not made that commitment to be all in for all that God wants to do here and you've been sitting on the fence the Lord is saying to you tonight get off the fence begin to play as part of the team if you know that's you say yes I think as well I think um, I might be wrong but I'll, I'll share it anyway I think there's someone here that um you had a huge bust up with your parents over the Christmas holidays and that you've, that you, and you've come back to Cheltenham and um, it's almost like you were running away from home. It was like you were running away from your parents. You just knew you needed to run away. You needed to get, get away from them. And if, if that's you, that, that you had a big bust up with your parents over Christmas and you felt like you were running to safety, you were, you were running here, you couldn't wait to get back quick enough. I believe the Lord wants to um, bring healing to that relationship. I believe he wants to work in you to bring restoration of that family relationship. If that's you, in a moment, I want to invite you as I invite others to come forward to receive prayer. So if you're here this evening and you know you've said yes to God in those things I've said, why don't you come out now? Just come to the front so that we might pray for you. Just come. If you're upstairs, just come down the the balcony um, spiral staircase. Just come. Come. 